A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wrestling is my escape. I'm glad I get to hit people. So I don't want to do any bad things anymore. OVW is the little engine that could. You get outside of WWE and AEW, the best wrestling in America is taking place right here. You're you not going one on one with me? Yeah, baby! People watch OVW because you get the first glimpse at potentially the next big thing in pro wrestling. It all comes down to one thing. One of the most legendary professional wrestlers ever, Al Snow. Professional wrestling is an art form. It's the art of physical storytelling. I am going to rip your freaking head off! It's a morality play. It's good versus evil. The art and the creativity of this industry, there's nothing like it. You don't feel like a nobody anymore. I'm Hollywood Haley J. Wrestling is a very aesthetic business. And you have to look your best. This is the Muppets. <laughs> I'm Kermit the Frog, and I literally run the Muppet Show. Al is one of the best wrestling minds. But you know what? Al's not the best with money. This is the summer to take it to the next level. We need to create a summer tour. A lot of times, I get told something to do from people that have no clue how it works. If we don't start doing better, there won't be an OVW. I've spent 40 years making a name for myself in this business. I'll be damned if I'm going to let anybody ruin it. This month saw the release of the Netflix documentary Wrestlers. It details the ups and downs during a pivotal summer for Ohio Valley Wrestling. It's been described as the home of the future of wrestling. Uh, Tomorrow's superstars today, a piece of Louisville history that needs to be preserved at all costs. And it's also been described as The Muppet Show. So who better to talk about it than with Kermit the Frog? Okay, <laughs> OVW yes. CEO and co-owner Al Snow. Al, how you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, typically, I'm running around going, hey, stop, you know, <laughs> putting fires out just like Kermit does on the Muppet Show. But what was nice is that you you did essentially do that all but the hand gestures during wrestling. Yeah. So we yeah, did get much. a very Kermit a Kermit vibe from you throughout it. Uh, yeah, and it happens every day, every week something's always going on and something has to be taken care of and something's broke or something blew up or something caught on fire. You know, I've got to try to figure a way to keep it going. So, you know, people announced duct tape and (laughs) tape. That's it. You just keep moving. Uh, And people are seeing like how much you do at that company every single week. Uh, What's been the reaction so far to wrestlers on Netflix? Uh, absolutely universally uh, positive. Uh, you know, everybody has been uh, raving about it. I was, which really surprised me, you know, because you, you expect that whenever you do something, you're going to have some detractors, 
That just seems to be the nature of things. Uh, but quite honestly, uh, it's all been very, very good, all very positive. Uh, you know, we, we got four-star reviews from Forbes, Esquire, Variety, uh, Vanity Fair, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. Uh, unheard of, we got 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, oh, which apparently... Nice completely unheard of to to get that kind of a rating and um you know and i'm i'm really happy with it i mean i'm really really thrilled that you know um that it's gotten such wide uh, acceptance and i think that's uh a credit to uh greg whiteley and and his amazing crew of people i mean i i really think they they deserve the you know they deserve the applause we're gonna a heads up by the way if you've not seen every episode uh i've binge watched them i know what's happening so spoilers ahead is your full warning if you haven't watched some of these bits yet uh, but certainly in the first episode uh there's a big focus on ovw's amazing legacy you know those names like john cena batista randy orton shelton benjamin all come through there it wasn't really discussed as much here but i know so i've talked about it with ovw guys that we've had on cultaholic in the past uh, but from your perspective does ovw's like grand grandiose legacy does it put pressure on you and on the talent to make it work i don't think it puts pressure uh in that sense i have the pressure and the stress of carrying on danny davis's legacy you know he you know he agreed uh you know he sold the company to me uh, so, you know, honestly, because he thought that I would be the one single person that would care enough to try to do everything I could to keep it and keep it going. And, uh, you know, uh, and that, that's a lot of pressure, you know, you don't want to ever be the, the champion and, uh, of a, a particular group or organization and it, it go under, because that means basically, you know, you, it was on your watch that, you know, the company went belly up. Well, it's even worse if you're the owner of a company that's been in existence and has a storied history and now you get it and you know several years later it it goes under so you know i don't want to see that happen i want to do everything i can to to try to keep this and uh danny's legacy alive uh, you do so with um, co-owners Matt Jones and Greg Greenberg, uh, who we hear a lot from. And there's some major focal points in the, in the show with your relationship, particularly with Matt, uh, who comes over as somebody who at first fails to connect with the talent and yourself. Um, but you mentioned, you mentioned that, you know, some days you've just got to eat shit sandwiches. Uh, and put a smile on your face. Uh, why is it important to, as you say, eat, eat, eat those shit sandwiches? Uh, you know, you've got to, you know, you've got to do what's necessary to go along, to get along, um, you know, and when you're not in a, a position to where you can um, really, uh, you know, force the change in direction, then you've, you've just got to accept the circumstances and you know, basically, again, the mantra of OVW, take shit and make shoe polish. You know, uh, it's not always, I understand and expect that when you have a partnership, you're going to have, you know, disagreements and things like that. And, and that the nature of that real part of the relationship, I have, I have no issue with. It was, uh, you know, I think Matt came from a world in radio where he was the talent. 
And, you know, as such, he was, he's the thing that drives the bus, you know, and he could kind of get away with behaving with impunity. Um, but, you know, cause you know, there are a lot of wrestlers, both in WWE out everywhere that when, you know, they kind of change personality wise, attitude wise, behavior wise, when they kind of become the thing that drives the bus, when they, they know that they're the thing that's, you know, selling the tickets, you know, sometimes they get a little out of hand. That's why we have a lot of etiquette and, and rules of behavior in the wrestling business is to, is to always prevent people from believing that they're now bigger than the show, you know, and, and I think he came in, Matt came in with that idea, that belief that had been fostered, you know, in his other career, uh, which he's entitled, I'm sure, to, to behave in such a manner. Uh, but he came and brought that here, uh, not understanding that he was no longer the talent. He was no longer the focus. He was no longer the product and that the, the wrestlers were, and, and as such, you need to act accordingly. And, uh, that caused, a, a, a you know, a rift, uh, that I got to give him credit. He's working on trying to repair, um, you know, and it, it created a lot of a toxic adversarial environment between he uh, myself and the locker room with him. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, he's starting to learn and understand the situation and starting to, you know, we're trying to rehabilitate that whole thing. Uh, I was going to bring this up a bit later on, but it seems sort of pertinent to mention it now. So during the, 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 the show, um, we capture Matt have a seizure which yes. was a, a very tense moment that was captured all on uh, all, every moment of it. And it's how you guys sort of crowd around and, and make sure he's safe. And uh, obviously, which he would have done anyway, because you're just good people. Mm. Um, was this the first time something like this had happened? And was it as it appeared on the show, a turning point in sort of Matt's relationship with uh, OVW? Uh, I think... Now that I don't know, as far as it, it being a turning point, I, you know, I really, I couldn't uh, attest to that. I don't know if that was what motivated him, uh, you know, in experiencing that he had had and has had a couple uh, seizures there at the, at the arena. I don't know what it is about the arena that brings them out at him, um, <clears throat> but they have happened. That was not the first. That was, I think that was the second. And then around uh, Christmas time last year, he had a he had a third, uh, you know, where he had uh, we didn't didn't even know it would it had happened until we saw him. he was laying on the floor by the front door, and uh, as we were getting ready to have a show, and uh, um, so you know uh, he has stated that the, it's it's a condition that he is you know had to deal with uh, his whole life, and and. Uh, you know, assures everyone that, you know, once they pass that he's, he's fine, but that, you know, he has to, uh, to deal with those. So, which is, you know, <clears throat> I hope that they, you know, they don't happen again or, you know, at, at all, if not for a very long time. Uh, your office is a, uh, it might as well put a revolving door in because I feel like there's always oh, yeah. people coming in and going out. Yeah. Uh, we've seen some real crunch meetings with, with you and Matt and Greg take place in there. Uh, we've seen shows written in there as well on pen and paper. Uh, I've got to ask, uh, certified came in, just yeah. cut a promo and left. Um, right. does, 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 does that happen a lot, Al? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that kind of stuff happens all the time. Yeah, they'll they'll be you know uh, just walk in there and you know I'll walk I'll be in the production office you know doing something or you know I'll be out walking around and I'll come back and they're in there getting changed they're getting dressed in my office I'll be like get out get out of my office uh, there's no room I don't care get out of my office don't put your balls on my chair get out of my office. It's a shame we have to say that out loud, but we do. <laughs> yeah. Put the balls a lot of time, I'll walk in there and they'll all be gathered in their head, like they're having their own meeting. I'm like, get out of my office. What are you doing in here? <laughs> so so we're not a revolving door. Maybe a lock on the door might be the way. Yeah, I need, a, I need a lock on there for sure. Do you think that the part of the fact that you have people that will willingly get changed in your office and can come in and go out as they please, is that part of the, the 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 family mentality that you've cultivated at OVW? Is that a big part of it? I yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, we're a very dysfunctional family, but you know, we are very much a. Uh, uh, I try to create a very family atmosphere there. Still a business, you know. I, I make no mistakes about that. I always, you know, impress that upon everyone all the time that you know we're in the business of you know, motivated an audience to want to see us. And, and, you know, that's at the end of the day, you know, once you walk through that curtain, the onus is on you. The responsibility is yours to make yourself a star and to be an attraction and to get people to want to pay to see you. And, um, and that, that everything, but, uh, you know, I do care about these people uh, in spite of themselves. And, uh, you know, I, I try to uh, treat them as such, you know, and my wife, my wife, my wife's such a wonderful person, you know, and she, uh, she, she kind of mothers them all, you know, and they, they call her mama Jess. And, you know, so that kind of lends itself, I think, to the, also that kind of family environment, you know, and I want, you know, I try or am trying to extend that uh, atmosphere to the fans as well, you know, because we're, you know, if it weren't for the fans, regardless of this, you know, Netflix um, series ever came out. I mean, it, it's it's 100 uh, percent we're where we're at and and are still surviving because of the support of the fans. I have to ask you, actually, in terms of that, I should, I should have asked you earlier on, but how did the the Netflix series actually come come to pass in the first place? Where, where did that yeah. conversation begin? That was a one in a million chance. I mean, quite honestly. Um, it, uh, Craig and his wife, uh, um, went to a wedding where a former, uh, schoolmate, uh, was attending the wedding and she happened to be an executive with BBC America and they started having a conversation and, you know, Craig had pointed out that he had just bought into the wrestling company Well, one thing led to another and, you know, the conversation continued and deepened and then you know, there, you know, the idea of, of came up about a documentary and then, you know, they, they spoke to uh, Greg Whiteley and, you know, uh, I think, you know, they came, BBC America came and filmed like a, a five, six minute teaser tape that they then, you know, showed to Greg and, uh, you know, that hooked him. He wanted to do it. Uh, the next step was, of course, to try to now get Netflix to, you know, be behind it and produce it. And, 
they were finally on board and um you know we was well they're going to come out you know at this time and film well now they're going to move it to this well now and then they were here at the end of may uh, last year and they they filmed uh seven days a week about 12 to 16 hours a day every single day until the end of august and you know we we all agreed uh and this is you know a testament to the to the wrestlers and to the staff uh, that we all decided, you know, that we were going to, we were all going to be in a, in a 100%. We were, we we're going to open up. We weren't going to hold back. Um, you know, we weren't going to be like, well, you can cover this, but you can't cover that, you know, because before they got here, I explained to everybody, you know, we either we're all in this or we're not because you can't be half pregnant. You know, you gotta, you gotta either be or not be. And everybody was, and that I think is what, you know, and the talent, of Greg Whiteley that's put it together, but I think that's what's made, you know, the um, series so popular and positive and uh, relatable. Uh, and that's the thing, you know, even if you don't like wrestling, I cannot encourage people enough to watch the show, not just because we're a part of it, uh, it there's something in it for you that you can relate to. I mean, if you you own a small business, you're you're going to relate. If if you're a person who has a dream and is you know struggling and you know per, to pursue your passion, you're going to relate. Um, <clears throat> if you you are a wrestling fan, you know I think it's going to increase your respect and your appreciation for it. And I think if you're not a wrestling fan, I honestly hope and believe that it will give you a newfound respect and create an interest where you might want to start to, you know, follow it and, and, and watch it from now on. So that's, that's what we're hoping for. You agree to, as you say, go all in and be a hundred percent open as the documentary team were there. What were some of the um, sort of preconceptions from the crew from BBC of America when they came in to, to, to capture everything and, what was their what was their what was their beliefs and ideas about wrestling when they finished well i don't know what their beliefs were they didn't really you know state any when they first came in i do know that a majority of them the most of them weren't fans you know they a lot of them hadn't even ever watched wrestling uh i know that by the end of it i mean they were all hooked they were all as big of fans as the fans who showed up at the show were and I know that we, we, we still stay in contact with them and, you know, they are, they are all still following the show, uh, on a weekly basis. And, um, you know, they, they, you know, um, all talk about how they wish they I know several of them are on other projects, you know, which is the nature of what they do. They get done with this and they go right to the next and they're all like, oh, we really wish we were back in OVW. We'd love to be back in OVW. We miss you guys. So, <laughs> and, you know, they, I, that was fun to watch people that were, that had never even had an interest in wrestling become fans of wrestling, you know, because of what they were watching and experiencing. And um, I, that, again, was my hope. You know, because I was, I got to be honest, I was, I say that I opened up 100%, which I did, 
but I was also very at the at, you know at the thought of it I was very reticent about doing so you know I because you know for me I know you know we in the United States you know it, people have known on a mass scale since the 1940s that wrestling is predetermined you know and uh you know and in in, in the UK I mean they I remember watching uh, a Monty Python skit back in the 70s, like, you know, early 70s. And they were, you know, they did a skit where they had two wrestlers and, you know, they would they'd be like growling and, you know, looking all aggressive and they'd lock up and then they'd start, hello, hello, how are you today? I'm doing fine, uh, you know. And then <laughs> and that's that's my terrible English accent. It's pretty and, good, uh, to be fine. Yeah. And then, you know, they'd grab a headlock and, uh, are you coming over for dinner on Sunday? And, you know, they'd start chatting while they were in holds and then they go back to wrestling. So even in the UK, you know, in, in the seventies, you know, the, the vast audience knew, um, that's always been there, but there's always been a, an agreement between the audience and us everywhere that, you know, Hey, we know, you know, and you know, that we know, you know, but we agree, we all agree that we're not going to rub it in your face. And, you know, or in, the best analogy I can give you is it's, it's, because this was why I was concerned is it's like the Wizard of Oz. Uh, you know, it, everything's magical. Everything's colorful. Everything's exciting. It's a big adventure until the very end of the movie, you pull the curtain back and it's just a little old man, you know, pulling knobs and twisting, you know, pushing buttons and doing things like that. And you're like, well, the magic's gone now. And so I was concerned about that. You know, I didn't want to take the magic away from wrestling. And I think... Uh, you know, I had to trust Greg and I think I didn't, you know, that trust was warranted. I think he did a great job of doing exactly what he wanted, which was he pulled back the curtain, but he didn't pull it so far back that it, that it kills the magic. I think it, it actually helps to enhance it. Because you see some of the, some of the characters from OVW uh, go through their own trials and tribulations. Hollywood, Haley J and, uh, and amazing Maria, the, the mother daughter story that played out in front yeah. of your very eyes. What a, what a, what a dream bit of time. in that was for them to be there to capture that. Uh, yeah. Was it as cathartic for them both as it appeared on the screen? I think so. Yeah, I really do. I, I know. And I, I sensed and knew, knew that they had a lot of wounds, you know, and, and, uh, uh, you know, Jerry Jarrett always used to say, you know, you got to tell them enough of the truth to make them believe a lie. And I knew with the angst that the two of them had uh, that it was, it was going to come through and it was going to be, it was going to not only feel real, it was going to be real. Um, and uh, you know, that helped. And I knew, you know what I mean? That, that, uh, them doing this would allow them to kind of get all of some of that out and do away with it. And uh, I think at the end, and even today, I've seen that they have a much better relationship. I can kind of sense it and feel it. I don't, we don't, we haven't really talked about it, but I've really kind of gotten that opinion that they, they since that match, they've, they really seem to have grown closer together. Which thrills me to no end, you know what I mean? Oh, God, yeah. If wrestling can do that and bring a mother and daughter together, 
in, in, in such an unusual circumstance, then, then more power to it. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's other characters that come through in the show, and I'll touch on a few of them before I let you go. Uh, Mahabali Shearer comes across as a, a, very, a very wholesome, very humble guy from a very respectable family and wants to do well. But the disappointment in his face when he was told he was losing the national title, you could, you could, it jumped out through the screen at you. You could yeah. sense it. And it's something that you've talked about before. And I know sometimes you, you've said, like, you know, you have to make these decisions for business. You have to always make decisions for business. But yeah. How often does it? How often do almost your does your emotional intelligence almost stop you making a a business intelligence decision? A lot, you know. There are a lot of times. Uh, you know, I I you know I know what it means to them, you know, personally and professionally, and and you know I I understand, I relate, but then I you know, but I've got to, I gotta I gotta go with my intuition, my experience. Uh, of what I know at the end of the day is is best for business, which is in, is best for everyone overall, you know. And I, I would love nothing more than to, you know, to just you know do. It would make my life a lot easier just to do the things that I think would please each one of the wrestlers. But at the same time, if I'm you know only concerned with pleasing all of the wrestlers. Well, we, we, nobody ever really becomes a star and we never really get a chance to, you know, make any of that, anything stand out or anyone. And, you know, we never create that, uh, the thing that drives the bus, which is heat, you know, uh, that want, that need and that desire. And it was, you know, it, what messed it up was, you know, the intent was, cause there's always more money in the chase, you know, uh, and, and, you know, taking it off of Shira, having him chase James Storm, you know, <laughs> and him finally getting it back and hopefully by getting it back, elevating him further uh, was what I was looking to do. And and then he got his shoulder got hurt, you know, and that that derailed the whole thing. And, and it's funny because a lot of people don't understand, like, you know, everything that you do, every idea you have, every, you know, direction, uh, you know, like that, for instance, with Shira and James Storm, well, it was the right thing at that particular time. And the second Shira got hurt, well, then that, that derailed it. And it was no longer the right thing because now it was a different time. By the time he was healed back up, you know, things had progressed and had moved forward, you know, and now you got to take him in a completely different direction uh, than what you were originally thinking of doing, you know, and, you know, it's, it was through no fault of his own. It just simply now no longer is going to be able to work because now the, that window of time is no longer there, you know, it's, it's, it's very uh, hard to explain how that you know those things operate, but that's that's on a weekly basis with every single wrestler. You know, you'll have a particular idea, and you'll be like, "Yes, this." You know, then something happens. The guy can't make it. The car broke down, or you know, he's he's hurt. You know, and and then that window starts to close, and now it doesn't work anymore. You know, that was why I was so concerned when Maria and Haley went to California with wow 
was because I had already, they didn't show that part that I had already begun. I was already beginning to start telling that and building towards where we ultimately ended up going with the two of them, you know, um, but the second they take themselves out of the picture for any period of time, there's no guarantee that now I can pick it right back up and make it work the same as I could have if they'd have been there the whole time, you know? And, and uh, you, it's a real concern because now that window can move on down the road and you're done, you know? Kind of the best example I'd give you is imagine you're trying to hit a target while a, a, a car drives past and you got to shoot through both windows without hitting the glass and then hit the target in the center and you mistime it. Well, the bullet's going to hit the car and it'll never hit the target. So. Um, when it comes to obviously, cause OVW runs shows live every Thursday. So you, you rely on the OVW talent to be there for a Thursday. Cause you, you say you want to tell those stories. You want to hit those targets. Uh, do you think sometimes that can, um, potentially uh, hinder some wrestlers from looking at other avenues and exploring other opportunities because they are so nervous about losing their, their momentum at OVW. I don't think so. I mean, I, I try to work with them as best I can, you know, I have to juggle all the time, uh, you know, between Jesse Goddard's who has a schedule, EC3 has a schedule, you know, they all, you know, come to me at different times. Haley's came to me at different times. And, you know, I've been, I'll be building towards a match at a pay-per-view or something. And she'll, oh, I can't be here on that day. And I'm like, you know, then I've, it's up to me to then have to try to adjust and then, you know, make sure that we still are able to go through those two windows and hit that emotional target, you know, and time and pace it out, you know, and it, and it's a challenge, but that, that you know here here's the upside the upside is one i'm going to give you an experience you can't get anywhere else short of being in wwe okay period two i'm going to give you exposure that short of being in AEW or wwe you're not going to get three you know i'm going to make you literally i'm going to make you into an attraction I'm going to make you into a star in this business where you will get other opportunities because other people are going to be watching this program and are going to see you in that manner and are going to think I can capitalize and utilize that person as well. Because you otherwise you wouldn't be getting those opportunities if it were not for what I was doing with you. So that, you know, and in, in, you know, in the trade-off is the downside for you is, is that I need you here consistently so I can achieve that goal of educating an audience that you are an attraction, that you are somebody to be utilized, you know, and because without it, you're not going to get those opportunities. And it, it's, it's kind of a, you know, AC doocy, right? you know, it's a six of one and half a dozen other, you know, you got it. There's a give and take. And, you know, it, the upside is, is that all of that's going to happen. The downside is now you got to juggle your schedule with mine so that I can utilize you in a proper manner. You know, I can, I can still utilize you. I just can't make you the person or thing that I'm building around because you're not going to be available and be here on enough of a basis to where I can then capitalize and exploit it. So therefore, I'll just simply, if you still want to be a part of things, that's fine. I'll simply utilize you to now make someone else. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you get people coming and going throughout OVW? Uh, James Storm, who we talked about, came in for that match with Shearer. Uh, there and, was a and let me make something clear, okay? Oh, sure. Because my idiot partner, you know, said something about James Storm was not worth. You know, I was gonna, I was gonna come to that. Six hundred dollars, yeah, so... yeah. And that, that's that's literally Matt's arrogance and his ignorance. Okay, you know, he he doesn't know, he doesn't understand, and I. Please understand this, okay? James did that as we all do within the wrestling business. We call it the brother-brother deal, you know? From one brother to another brother. I've got, I've had Billy Gunn, Tommy Dreamer, Abyss, you know, uh, Scotty Tuhati, you know, um, uh, James Storm, you know, Jesse Goddard's EC3. They all come in and they all do favors and do things for a lot less you know, because of what I can afford, you know, and they work with me. They, they're worth, believe me, a lot, just, you know, James is worth a lot more than what I could ever afford to give him on my budget, you know, and, and, you know, and he knows that and he understands that and he lives, you know, he lives in Nashville, which is a two hour car ride from where, you know, from Louisville, and so he was doing that as a favor for me, and he was doing it as a way to give back to the younger talent in the business of coming in, working with, because, you know, he and Shira have had a very tight relationship, and it was a way for him to give back to Shira. It was a way to give back to wrestling. It was a way to do a favor for me. And because <laughs> he absolutely is worth far more than what I could afford to do, you know, and and that's, Partly, well, you know, one, because I just don't have the resources. And two, I also want to use him multiple times. So I'm, I don't have the budget to give him his normal rate, which he's well worth doing because it, it he, he did sell a lot of tickets that night. There was a very strong entrance, interest in seeing he and Shira against each other. And I purposely brought him in and asked him to do so because 
I, you know, James being there would help elevate the company. And it also, it helped elevate uh, Shira. And I didn't have an opponent that was, you know, for an audience would be on a level that would, you know, be able to put Shira in some kind of jeopardy so that they would be like, oh God, we got to come and see this because Shira might not be able to win. You know, and I, that's why I needed, you know, and, and why I've reached out occasionally to, to other people and, and my friends and, you know, they've given me, they've done a favor for me and they've done a favor for the business by coming in at a much, much greater, uh, lesser rate than what they would normally and, and normally get and deservedly they, they, they need to get it. So things, things are good with you and James though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, you know, I didn't say it. So yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's as long as it's good with you guys. Uh, Brian Kennison's story is is a bit of a bittersweet one. Uh, I've known Brian for about a year, and uh, it was interesting to see him uh, in his day to day activity. There, a young guy who came in, you know, and was handed a camera and set about being creative and and throwing himself into it. And at one point in in the documentary, and this is more of a Matt thing again. It felt like it kind of felt like the success or the failure of the company fell on his shoulders a little bit. And there was a meeting where it was like, you've got to, you know, and you keep bringing these people in and we see sort of how that impacts his personal life. How do you feel uh, Brian was, was treated by the co-owners during that documentary and did the documentary portray it in a, in a fair and balanced light? I did. The documentary did. I mean, it, you know, I, you know, I, I thought that, you know, I understand from a business standpoint, Hey, you know, we need, we need, you, you need to generate uh, more business to, you know, justify what we're paying you. You know, we have a, you're an, you know, this is an expense and we need a balance, you know, to be able to keep saying, yeah, well, you know, there's a value in having that person here. I get that. I mean, that's, that's every business has that. It's how you approach it. You know, if you're going to have that conversation, you go, look, uh, we're, we're in a, you know, we're in a situation, Brian, where, you know, we're, you know, what we're bringing in ain't matching what we're putting out. And we really need to cut some expenses and some costs. And, you know, unfortunately we're one of the places we're looking to cut is, is you, you know, we don't want to, um, and, you know, is there anything you can do or tell us how to do to where you can generate more to where you can be, ju- it's justifiable to where we can keep you. You know, that there's a positive way to where you can, you know, explain the situation instead of just going, well, I got to tell you something, you know, you've got the sword of Damocles hanging over your head now and either put up or shut up, you know, that, and again, that's, you know, I think Matt sometimes has to learn how to, you know, uh, to manage people, you know, that's, a, I think that's a new experience for him. Now, the the final character to to talk about in the show is you and how this becomes, by the end of the documentary, the story of the the in-ring comeback of Al Snow, a a series of twists or a series of twists and turns, uh, leads you getting back into the ring for the OVW's The Big One. Now, had the conversation come up pre-documentary about you doing a match for OVW? No. No, it didn't, um, you know, and I know it, it might come across like it was contrived and it was planned, but it wasn't, you know, they, you know, they, prior to that conversation that you see, uh, Matt had pitched that idea, like 
you know, a month, you know, a month before or whatever. And, and he and Craig had been pestering me, you know, that's why I was sitting there with the behavior that I was because it's, I was only reluctant to do it, uh, for one reason it was and it was certainly wasn't you know for drama or or anything like that i was reluctant to do it and i still am to this day reluctant to put myself on the show because i i'm not and i i said this and they didn't they didn't put it in you know but i'm not selling me anymore i'm now selling the talent okay and and, and if you know it historically I, it has been proven whenever you have somebody that's got power behind the camera in front of the camera that ultimately the show ends up getting made about them because it's just human nature. And therefore the show itself to some degree or another suffers. It's never as good as it could be because the person who is backstage naturally is going to be more concerned with themselves than anything else. And rightfully so, you know, and that's what I kept trying to, and still do try to explain is that, look, if I've got so much going on backstage. And, you know, like you said earlier, the, the office door is a revolving door. And everyone's coming to me for every single segment or match that's on that show. Every single promo, every single finish. I am I'm the one going over all of that. I have help. I have Doug Basham. I have Maria James and I have uh, J-Mo, uh, Jim, Jim Morris. You know, they, they, they're awesome the talent still come to me and I still have to have an answer for them. And, and that takes a lot of focus. It takes a lot of, you know, okay, I got to keep track of this, keep track of that. And then when the show's on, like I'm running, you know, I'm not just sitting there with a headset on. I've got the agent talking to me, asking me questions. I've got talent coming in and asking me questions. I've got to talk to, you know, the guy who's timing the show. What, how much time do we have left? What do we do next? Take that minute. We, that went a, that segment went a minute long. Well, take this minute off of this segment. They won't need it. You know, I got to juggle all of that all the, for the whole show. So whenever I'm now on the show, I've got to stop all of that, get up, put a jacket on or whatever, and then run out there and do that. Well, now you're wanting me to be in a match, you know, and which is fine. I have no problem with doing that. But the fact of the matter is, is that now I'm selling me. Well, I'm not going to go out there and drop the ball. I'm not going to be an embarrassment and I'm not, you know, I'm going to now, I need to focus on me and rightfully so. And I need to focus on my match and I need to make sure that it is what it needs to be. Well, then that means I've got to take some of that focus away from everybody else. And now they're not going to get the benefit of having me help them as much on that particular show as they would have if I wasn't wrestling. And so that was why I was very reluctant to do it. I, you know, I, I didn't want to, you know, and, and they, again, they don't properly show just how long that conversation was going on of them sitting there badgering me about wanting, you know, getting me to do it. And finally I, I acquiesced and, you know, and said, yeah, I'll do it. You know? Um, and I was like, Ugh. now I'm stuck myself in a position to where I'm responsible for not just the show, but, the main event of the of the show sending people out the door and i've got to make sure that i can i can get that done plus everything else and uh it was a little as expected a little stressful but you know i i when i'm in the ring i love being in there and doing what i'm doing and 
you know, and I was in there with some great guys who were able to follow along and, you know, keep up with doing what I, what I do. Cause contrary to popular belief, you know, uh, these days, a lot of talent do kind of mentally rehearse or script what they're going to do before they go to the ring. The vast majority do. I just go out there and make it up as I go along. And, you know, if you can't keep up, well, then that's when things can kind of go awry, you know, and um, those, those guys did an awesome job of just following what I was doing while I was doing it. Uh, after the match, you were all in the bar and there were drinks and there was celebration. And, and, and take, don't take it the wrong way, Al. It was the most I'd seen you smile in seven hours. <laughs> it was the most uh, I'd seen you smile. Um, uh, was it a smile? I do smile. I do smile. I know you, you know, smile. And... It's a lovely smile. <laughs> um, we save you know. it for special occasions, though. Yes. Now, when it comes to that smile, was it yes. a smile because you were excited that the the match had gone well and maybe your gears are turning again, or was it a smile relief that it was over? Uh, it was a smile of satisfaction. You know, it was, honestly, I was I was happy because I, I, I felt like we, you know, everybody got an experience that I think that they otherwise wouldn't have gotten. That was part of the reason I did the, the match was, I wanted the 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 wrestlers, you know, the talent to see just exactly what they can do, you know, uh, and the, and see the real magic uh, when they do it, and uh, you know, uh, and and that was I felt like I was able to do that, you know, and not, and so it wasn't just for the audience; it was for the wrestlers themselves, you know, and and uh, and it also I was happy because you know and smiling because I felt like I'd accomplished what I what. The real goal was, which was to put enough asses in that building so that I didn't feel like I was an embarrassment and couldn't even sell 400 seats. You know, uh, that that's a real kick in the old, you know, gonads of your ego is if, you know, you can't even fill a 400 seat building anymore. It's like, well, I might as well hang up the hat. I'm done. Well, that you did. And, and all considered, I know obviously you say it takes you out of the business. It, it changes your mindset. It means you're wearing different hats on the same night and you can't commit to uh, the things you need to commit to. Having said all that, uh, knowing how well it went, would you have done it sooner and would you do it again? I wouldn't have done it sooner because it was the right thing to do at the right time. Uh, would I do it again if the necessity dictated it? I might. But now, you know, it's got to be the right circumstance. It's got to be for the right reason. You can't just, you know, oh, well, that worked. Let's do it again. And now hammer that nail into the board and, you know, expect it to work the same every time. You know, again, we're trying to shoot a bullet through a moving car, you know, without hitting anything in the car and still striking that emotional target. And, and it just so happened that, you know, the stars aligned and, and, you know, and it was, it, I was able to put together uh, an angle, a story, uh, you know, pretty quickly and easily that played out, you know, uh, in a short amount of time and, and, you know, built, built to, uh, to that match and that moment of getting the five minutes with Shannon to do, which if you noticed, I didn't actually win the match and I didn't actually beat him. You know, I didn't pin him or anything. So that windows, that door is still open. You know, uh, you can have your bad guy now come back 
point that out that if it were you know necessary and ever any day that we wanted to try and relive you know redo business again he now has a talking point he can say that you know you know that uh he didn't you know i didn't really win the match so therefore i wasn't entitled to my five minutes he can say that the only reason i you know i didn't even i didn't even wrestle him all i did was i assaulted him the only way i was able to do that was because all the other wrestlers kept him you know bullied him and kept him in the ring you know he can make up anything now and you know all because that door still open that i didn't i didn't win all i did was i i just beat him up you know so, so should you, you know, want that, to lean back into it there is something there should you can if you want to yeah mm-hmm. yeah should you want to uh ovw yeah. there is no rest for the wicked which is ironically the name of the next show off the back of the netflix yeah. documentary uh they're back in october for pay but you can join them every thursday uh from 7 p.m they're at the davis arena every thursday in louisville uh our ovw yeah. but no rest for the wicked's coming up this is gonna i feel like this is gonna be with all the energy and and the euphoria coming out of the the netflix documentary al i feel like no rest for the wicked is just as important as the big one isn't it oh absolutely yeah i you know there is no one particular show that's not important every every television show is important every pay-per-view is important you know so you know uh, it never ends once we get one done we're moving right on to building to the next and you know we're we're you know in the process right now building to october 21st uh you know starting to put together and and build momentum for these matches you know um i've got to you know plan out uh because every year annually we've done what we call the nightmare cup uh danny davis the founder and owner original owner of obw he uh you know was a big was a significant tag team wrestler for years and the nightmare cup is a tag team tournament to win the we have a trophy and you know, by winning that trophy, you you automatically get a, a tag team title shot at the place and time that you choose. Um, you know, and uh, so I've got to plan that out. You know, I've got to plan out other matches, significant matches. I think that will, you know, have some interest and in, in real heat. Uh, you know, for the show, um, and hopefully, you know, we'll tell uh, the right kind of stories and you know, build the right kind of characters so that, you know, on October 21st, people want to, want to tune in and, you know, see the, see the conflict that we've built and then the, uh, the, the resolution of by who wins and who loses. So we want to send people to watch, uh, obviously, the Netflix documentary, which is ready for you and waiting on Netflix. But once you've watched that, it's all about OVW, No Rest for the Wicked, every Thursday night as well. Where can people find how to watch and where they can watch Ohio Valley Wrestling, sir? Well, if they, uh, you know, are in the UK or around the world, the best way would be on the Fight TV app, uh, and that, and it's it airs. Uh, we're live from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern time uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, every single Thursday night. Um, and uh, and believe me, I mean every Thursday night. We've we have the we're the second longest running consecutive episodic television next to raw raw has i think uh like a hundred more episodes than we do i think or i don't know exactly how many more they have than us but uh we're we're actually one episode ahead of smackdown so nice. we're on episode 
this week I think we're on episode 1259. So we're on our way to reaching in the 1300th uh, consecutive episode here, probably next year. So which will be incredible. Um, if you want more information on OVW, you can go to ovwrestling.com. If you're uh, wanting to be trained to be a professional wrestler, you can go to ovwacademy.com. We are, in fact, the only wrestling school that is accredited by the State Office of Proprietary Education as a trade school for professional wrestling, sports entertainment, and broadcasting in the world. There is no other that has that kind of standing. Um, so, you know, uh, you can be guaranteed that you're going to be taught the right way. Um, if you're interested in following me on social media, you can go to The Real Al Snow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, if you want to find out more about my career, you can go to Amazon.com, uh, Self-Help Life Lessons from the Bizarre Wrestling Career of Al Snow. It's a book I wrote about my experiences and road stories. Um, and I don't really talk negatively about anybody. I'm very open, very honest about my mistakes and the lessons I've learned and then all the ridiculous stories that, uh, you know, of some of the experiences on the road, the ones I can tell without getting somebody arrested. So. <laughs> the book is most definitely worth a read, but as is your, your Twitter feed, which if anybody was ever needing a one-liner for any occasion, uh, it is essentially a Rolodex of one-liners that comes off of Al Snow's <laughs> social media. It's a joy. Al, it is always a pleasure to welcome you onto Coltaholic. Congratulations on Wrestlers, and here is to great things going forward for you and yours, sir. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And please, everybody out there, you know, help us support it. Uh, continue to, you know, put on social media, hashtag wrestlers, Netflix. Um, and let's just build it and make it as big as we possibly can. You know, uh, you know, we're nothing without all of you. And, you know, I'm really, really asking everybody, you know, for your kindness and your support to help build this even bigger. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.